0: It's a natural transition. We've all done it. Gone from graphic designer to starting a distillery and making whiskey, right? No. Tonight on Whiskey Business, Adam Hines and High Bank Distillery. How many times have we said it? Probably on this podcast, at least a dozen or more. Do what you love and love what you do. If that is your lot in life, if you have succeeded in doing that, then you, my friend, are a success. Uh, We love what we do. We love doing this podcast. But individually, outside, aside from the podcast, we all have our other pursuits as well. John Whitney and I make films. We love doing that. Greg Hansberry is knee-deep in a radio career. He loves that.
1: Eh. Yeah. Pays the bills. <laughs> Pays the bills. <laughs> uh,
0: but the bottom line is that we, we love what we do, and we do what we love tonight on Whiskey Business. Hi, I'm Dino Tripodos and welcome to Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. We talk to another one of those what I consider to be success stories, a success story that is still growing as we speak. Uh, we are on location at High Bank Distillery in Grandview, Ohio, and my guest tonight is one of the brainchilds behind it all, Adam Hines. Hello, Adam. How Hello. are you? Good. And Thank you for indulging us tonight. <laughs> uh, we should tell We're you, studio, I know. By the time member. you watch this, who knows what the weather's going to be like in yeah. Columbus, Ohio? But tonight we picked to travel and come on location on what has been the worst night so far this winter. Yeah, absolutely. As far it took you forever to get from home down here. Yeah, from to Westerville here. down to here. It was fun. Yeah, that's good. So that's smart. <laughs> Live in Westerville, have your business down in Grandview. Right. View. As soon
2: as I moved out of Grandview, I opened a business in Granby, it just seemed <laughs> to make sense let's move 30 minutes away to then open a business oh man so but
0: we appreciate you accommodating us here tonight and plus I mean you said I can come to you or you can come to me and I said that we would much rather come to you because it's so cool for sure it's so cool it's it's one of many uh distilleries that have been popping up here in Columbus Ohio but this one seems to be growing fast and furious in a short amount of time high bank started when in the 20s? we
2: launched march 2018
0: 28 t- launched march of 2018 that's yeah. that's, that's that's So a, we're less that's, than 2 years That's still. like a scratch Yeah That's like barely nothing Yeah as far as starting and and, and booming right out of the gate It's been a blur Whiskey War has actually been uh, one of the bottles that we'll try. Whiskey War was actually given to me as a gift. Nice. And I put it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And we, and we tried it. And uh, how'd the name Whiskey War come about?
2: Yeah, so as you alluded to a little bit, um, my background's in brand, uh, brand design, brand management, but I like a story. Uh, so each one of my bottles has a story, the name that it has, the label that it has, but Whiskey War came from being a Westerville guy. Right. Um, prohibition was said to have started in Westerville, oh, Ohio. Oh, it definitely started in right. Westerville. So back in 1875, Henry Corbin was trying to open up a saloon in Westerville, Ohio. Not once, but twice his saloon was blown, blown up. Blown up. Exactly. Nice. And We told that story. Yeah, <laughs> We had the Whiskey War on there, but I wanted to hear it from the, you. The, uh, the story goes, though, before it was blown up the second time, he came out wielding two pistols. And that's what ignited the whiskey war. Started the anti-saloon league, which then led to prohibition. So that's the, why we have the name whiskey war. That's also why we do the dueling pistols. That logo is rad. That's awesome. It's very cool. Yeah, and then well, our, our term that we've kind of adopted as of recent is that make whiskey, not war. So that's a good one.
0: Uh, that, that that should go that should go worldwide as far as I'm concerned. You mentioned branding; we have to do the same thing as well. And uh, could not do the podcast without, of course, Mr. Greg Hansbury on the audio side, Hello? and Mr. John Whitney on the YouTube side. And of course, we always encourage you to check out all of our social medias along the way.
1: That's right: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, really grassroots effort. We talk about things A to Z here on Whiskey Business, we do. so there's got to be something that someone you know is interested in. Yep, and, and we're right
0: now we're on a we're on a W, whiskey, a whiskey, yeah, which is fine with me. Or or maybe we're on a G because. This was not. I'm not done yet. No, I'm not done. I'm sorry. Okay, you're you're skipping the best
1: part. I get because we have a a a, a giveaway to announce. That's a G. That's Uh, what he was getting to. A giveaway. That's right. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, uh, and rate and review. And uh, uh, specifically, uh, if you write a review, uh, Uh so this podcast is going to be dropping on Monday, February seventeenth. Okay. If you write a review uh, between now and Wednesday, the uh, nineteenth. you will be entered to win a pair of tickets to our premise that is going to be at the Shadowbox Live up front stage on uh, this like Thursday, February our, th- our 20th. Our funny sister February podcast. 20th. Or what? Our funny sister podcast. Our funny pod- sister, our funny yeah. sister yeah. podcast. So uh, more details on the premise just, just a second. But if you write a review, rate and write a review on your favorite podcasting platform for Whiskey Business, you'll be entered in. We're going to give away a couple pairs of tickets okay. uh, for Thursday's show. Uh, so, and, and I know we've, we're going to kind of tweak the premise up a little bit this time uh, this around. This time
0: around, uh, normally the premise is uh, to comedians are handed a premise that they have not seen or heard till that night and then they have 20 minutes to write three to five minutes of stand-up material this time around uh the comedic premise will still exist but it will be uh, a little deeper and will be handed off to uh two two two-person sketch teams which will have 20 minutes to write a three to five minute sketch based on the premise that they receive i like it so that that could be a lot of fun (laughs) and uh just expanding our horizons a little bit on the premise,
1: and we'll have more stuff on social media, uh, ticket links, and uh, details on that. All that fun stuff. Yeah. Now I'm done. Now I'm done. <laughs> now you're done. <laughs> because Adam was right. The G was for was giveaway. Forgiving. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then good. the
0: other G was. You did not
1: give me some liquor. of <laughs> 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 Gs. It
0: could, it could oh, be that okay, as right. well. Yeah. It could be that as well. But you started. You're a That gra- started, and you still are a graphic yeah. designer. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting transition to go from graphic designer to whiskey maker. For
2: sure. Uh, So you want my backstory? Sure. All right. So uh, yeah, I came down here in 2003 to attend Columbus College of Art and Design. That's what brought me to uh, Columbus. Originally from Northeastern Ohio, up in Canton-Akron area. Um, But after school, worked in the industry for about six, seven years. and. But through that, I ended up starting my own small design firm. So I opened up a, a small company that I still run today called States of Design. That was about eight years ago. And as I was acquiring clients, I was realizing that I was starting to kind of get my hand into a lot of different things. And one of the clients that I still work with today that uh, my partner who we that's how we started a working relationship together. Um, I started branding uh, Zest Juice Co which is a local, local cold-pressed juice company here in Columbus, Ohio. And so, that would be Jordan and Natalie that, yeah, that that's, you hooked up with. Yep, so that's Jordan and Natalie. That's something that uh, Jordan and his wife did. Uh, they they opened that up in, I want to say 2015 is when they actually opened the doors. It could have been 14. but So we worked together on that project. Uh, through that, Jordan and I did know each other beforehand. We were friends beforehand. We actually met at church maybe a few years before that. But from that, we realized that not only could we work well together, but we could also remain friends, which was, we felt like was a rare <laughs> thing. The battle, battle, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so he, uh, you know, the juice thing was kind of his wife's wife's business. He, he liked it, but it wasn't kind of really what he wanted to do. He wanted to open up a bar. I was like, well, I always thought it'd be fun. The opposite (laughs) end of the spectrum, the healthy juice (laughs) versus the liquor. I always wanted to open up a brewery. I was like, brewery would be cool to do. I did some home brewing, that sort of stuff. He's like, well, do you want to do this with me? I was like, yeah, I could do the branding, handle the website, the marketing. I'll learn how to, you know, brew on a larger scale. This is not a brewery in case you (laughs) don't know. Uh -uh. Um, so, but a year, Year into our business plan, we were a brewery. That's what we thought we were going to be. We thought we were going to have an, an angle on um, the kind of the brewing market. We we thought we had a little different play on it. But then a year into that business plan, we got wind of laws that were changing on the distillation side of things here in Columbus, Ohio. And about three three and a half years ago, you you were not allowed serving more than one ounce of alcohol at a distillery. You could serve four one quarter ounce pours. That was it. Um, the law that was changing was that you were now allowed to serve more than that. You were allowed to open up a bar and you were allowed to serve food before you weren't allowed doing any of that stuff. Wow. And so that's why you see Watershed opened up their restaurant. OIO or Middle West opened up a service bar. Right. We um, opened up our, our distillery here just because we saw the massive potential that we could have.
0: And as opposed to those other Great organizations, Watershed and, and, and Middle West. I mean, their restaurants right afterwards, you were able to build yours yeah. ground so, up.
2: Yeah, so the new thing, unique thing with High Bank is we are the first distillery pub restaurant um, that was built from the ground up in Ohio. Um, so the benefit of that, I don't know if you can see from the, the windows or not, we have our beautiful still right here in front of 14 glass, you know, four-to-ceiling windows that then goes right into our restaurant. And so... I'm essentially a zoo animal during the during the right. week where you can go stand by the window <laughs> and uh, watch, watch me <laughs> do stuff. And people, I seriously, I don't think they realize I can see them back. Yeah. I'll wave to them at the window and they're like, oh, it's off like the two-way, <laughs> mirror. two-way mirror. You Two <laughs> right. can see us. So, um, yeah. So, but even how I got into the distillation side of things, because when, when I noticed that law that was changing, my passion was, had always been... Bourbon, like collecting bourbon, getting into whiskeys, all that stuff. Because
0: your your you're, your pops is
2: yeah. Down so in, my dad's lived in Louisville for the last yeah. fifteen plus years, and so I mean, literally, my first my first ever experience with going to a distillery was I used to ride a Harley. My dad still does. We were riding down in Horse Country down there, going around, going up over a hill, and I see this humongous black barn, and I'm <laughs> like, what the heck is that? And uh, my dad and I stopped, and we pulled in, and he's like, that's a Rick House. I'm like, what the heck is a Rick House? Right. He's like, That's where. age all the bourbon we were coming up on jim beam um so we pulled in first ever tour i went on was jim beam went in walked the whole grounds did a tasting threw some bottles in our saddlebags and you know drove back to his house later that day and from then on i mean i've probably i i mean i've been on at least 40 tours down there um i've been to makers mark seven times alone (laughs) you know because like i kind of get the ones that when i take people down i'm like okay we got to stop at this one this one this one you know and um never thinking that I was going to ever open up a distillery. Uh, because I mean it's also really it's a lot harder to get into the distillation side of things oh, and than and it is to get in the brewing side of things. Plus
0: when you go to those places that have been around for generations yeah. and you see what a massive operation it is. I mean, right. why would that thought even pop into your head totally. that I could do anything? Yeah, you don't have the that scale.
2: like with a brewery, you see you see all these little pubs that just have a, you know, three barrel system in the back, five barrel system in the back. <sighs> And it's like, oh, that's it feels attainable because you're not doing mass production where you have this massive mm-hmm. bottling on and all that stuff. Distilleries, you just did not have that as much, especially in the state of Ohio. You weren't interacting, you know, in, in that way. So um, but when the so when that law was changing, I saw that as an opportunity of like this would be much more down my alley. I, you know, I have a decent collection at home of research, I call it. And uh, it, w- it was that's, <laughs> R&R. That's, that's, the word, that's the
0: word I'm going to start using now for research, all, my, yeah. all of my bottles That's what home. I told my wife. Research.
2: Yeah. And then as soon as I hit about 150 bottles, she's like, you still need to research? I'm like, absolutely. Absolutely. Research. It's a, do you stop reading books? <laughs> <laughs> no. There's always new books. There's a story behind each one of
0: these.
1: That's, gr-
2: that's
0: a great... <laughs> you're, you're, yours. I'll one. take research. You take books. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> this is a great relationship already. <laughs> I'm digging this.
2: So... Um, (laughs) yeah. So, so then I was, I was tasked with the, I, so I love to create, like I went to art school, but more, I'm just, I'm a creator. I, I went, originally was an illustration major, then became a visual communications graphic design major, almost switched into industrial design my junior, senior year, just because I loved packaging design, working with my hands, building things. And so I kind of saw the, the aspect of being able to learn a new task like this and to create a new product as just that you know, addition to creation. Yeah. So, And what's really fun, and I don't feel like too many people can say is, I mean, I do literally everything. I, I mean, was gonna ask, yeah, I, is all this you? Yeah, the, so the branding, design work, all that stuff. So like holding a bottle, it's like, okay, I came up with what's inside of it, I chose the packaging, I designed the package, I the physically bottle. filled the bottle, yeah, right. a lot of them I physically put the labels on, all that stuff and I'm sending my product out. When I look and
0: when I look around here and I see some of the graphics that are on the walls, you know, we'll get a shot of it, Johnny will get a shot of it with his camera, but uh, uh, you have how the whole process starts yeah. from the mill to mash to ferment, the, the, is, that, is that all your work yep. up there too? Yep, and some yeah. of it,
2: I didn't hand paint that, but like just like a month ago I was like, you know what, make whiskey not where I want to paint it up there, so I hand painted that up there. And people are like, you could do that? I'm like, guys, you forget that I actually went to art school, right, I, like, right, I know right. how to do stuff. <laughs>
0: what the heck is Moonshine University?
2: Yeah, so I had to figure out-
0: And and how do I enroll? (laughs) You can probably teach there now. Anybody (laughs) can go take classes
2: down there. So the task that I had to do, with not there being a lot of distilleries around, uh, you know, Central Ohio here, is figuring out how how do I distill? I mean, it's illegal to distill in your house. People do it. I may or may not have had a hypothetical fifteen gallon still installed in my garage. for yeah, three Hypothetically, years, I, 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 hypothetically, I,
0: I, yeah, I have a hypothetical still in yeah somewhere. But, <laughs> but even even that's drastically different. Down like by if the I'm creek. Yeah, if I'm
2: heating with a hypothetical electric you know unit inside, that's a lot right. different than a steam jacket. You know, right. the, the flavor profile, all that stuff sure. is, is is affected. So I had to come up with, I'm like, okay, I know we're gonna do a a three to 500 gallon system. What other distilleries around, could I maybe build relationships with that have similar systems that I can go shadow, shadow. So then I, that's what I started doing. I started reaching out to distilleries in Kentucky, distilleries in New York. And so I was up at Black Button Distilling in uh, New York for a couple weekends, was shadowing Jason up there. Found Moonshine University down in Kentucky, which was a great resource, not only just for a class and the education, but it was the um, networking sure. of meeting distillers from Beam and makers and you know um, all of Mo- that.
0: Moonshine University is it quarters or semesters? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a per, it's a per class thing. It's so a, it's how many seriously? How many classes are there? They I, I mean, mean how, they, how long can you actually go
1: they to probably, Moonshine University?
2: So it's it's a they do it in a class format where there is it's it's these intensives where it's like either a three day or like some of them are like ten days where you go down there. And I mean, including the cost of the class is a hotel room. You know, they do like mingling events, all that stuff. The class sizes are usually anywhere from eight people to as high as like, I think I was on one that had like 16 people in it. So they try and keep them pretty small and then they bring in a bunch of people and they focus the classes like a three day class I did just on fermentation, where we were just playing with Petri dishes, playing with the different types of fermentation, seeing what we get to grow and the different flavor profiles that those fermentations, Mm. you know, would create. Um, Other ones, you know, where you're trying to take your product to market or how do you, you know, create a mash bill. I mean, there's there's kind of this all different stuff that you can do. And so with my dad living like 20 miles from actually where Moonshine University was, it was easy for me and my family to even just drive down there, stay with my dad for a week. My wife and the kids could stay with the grandparents. And you know, I could go to these classes. Did you did you you get an A? (laughs) (laughs) It was not a grading system. It's not. It's not a pass Pass, fail. I have a certificate
0: (laughs) and a T-shirt. Ah, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. (laughs) It's more than I got got with my education.
0: I cannot ignore any any longer this <laughs> array of product that's sitting on the table with Lips. us. I mean, obviously, uh, when, when, when High Bank started, did it start with uh, the so, stuff that pays the bills, as they say, the vodka, the gins, and so, so forth, or did was, you go right our, into whiskey? Our
2: launch was vodka, this vodka, yeah, our vodka here, our gin, and our Whiskey War. Um, so uh, a little bit of backstory on our Whiskey War. Our Whiskey War is absolutely a blended product. We source barrels from... Uh, two barrels from Indiana, one barrel from Tennessee, that we bring in here, finish age on site, and blend together. The right. whole reason for that is I am a bourbon guy, I love my bourbons, but I don't love baby bourbons. I don't love bourbons that aren't aged properly. And so there's no ref- way- you refuse to put one out that way. Exactly, and so what I wanted to do is I didn't realize how much I actually enjoyed the blending process. It took me about nine months. Um, I sourced over 50 different barrels from 50 different distilleries
1: and what do you do you just like look online and they got a catalog and you, you kinda, so there's different companies you know, that you yeah. can
2: like reach out to yeah um if you have your dsp license your distilled spirits uh production license sure um if you have that license a lot more doors open up to you to be able to get samples mm-hmm. from stuff because it's technically again illegal to ship and do all right. that stuff so he
0: and i couldn't go down to to uh in, go to indiana and and, and pick out some whiskeys and source and make our own whiskey.
2: You could not unless they barreled it or unless they bottled it for you. Like you could not physically take a barrel away. Right. Um, you, but you could take they could bottle it for you and label it. So we could it. go out
0: and pick some whiskeys and say we want to blend this, want to blend this, and exactly. let them bottle it for us and, and come and home with our And then you have to own. pay
2: for all 220 bottles 220. and then a lot of, so like like Woodford does that. You can they call it I forget what, what program they call it. Um, it's like the Italian club you guys bought a a barrel. We
0: did. We 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 went down. That was somewhere else. No, that was a lot of distilleries do it. We did it with uh, Russell's. I mean, it It ends up you end up paying like
2: depending what your yield is, you're paying away from ten to fourteen grand usually, like a barrel, right? Because you're literally bottling, you're you're paying the retail price for the bottles that you get out of it. It's just your own barrel pick, and then a lot of times they give you the barrel, you know, afterwards too, but it's empty. Uh Um, So. So yeah. if we wanted right. to make so, whiskey
0: business whiskey, we could we could technically do it but they'd have to bottle everything. You could technically
2: do it or you could hire a distillery to do it for you. I know a guy. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah. Um <laughs> there's that. So like where you could select barrels, come right. up with your own blend, right. make a bottle it, label it, you don't know, do all that all stuff. Right. So I, I, with sorry, with, I got you off track. With Go with, with
0: that with that thought in mind, we're gonna let's let's pour yeah. some whiskey war and with that thought in mind, as you're pouring this 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 blend that you guys put together that you put together uh and you don't like the baby bourbons and you've got everything working here are we letting any type of cat out of the bag to say that high bank would is is,
2: it will eventually have their their own yeah we will absolutely so i mean that's the whole point of whiskey war is to allow our our bourbon our bourbon to age properly um i Ideally, it's going to wait at least three years, like it'll have at least a three year age statement on it. Um, I would love four, but more importantly, it's going to come out when it's ready. Um, I I, I mean, it's not an exact science. I can't, when I put it in, I can't say this is going to be ready in 3.25 years. You know, it's going to be tasting it after the seasons and the expansion and contraction that happens, you know, throughout the years um, to figure out when it's actually And you're actually aging ready. it here. Yeah, on, we have on, it. On we have site. it on site. We have it in the corner of our building in an untemperature-controlled room. We keep the doors shut where we can um, let the cold air in and out. Well, uh, said from an untemperature- Untemperature-controlled control room. room. Oh, yeah, So like this area, we have heating units sure, so sure, it's not sure. freezing cold in here yeah. and the pipes don't freeze, but... And that it's like corner a building back the there, window. yeah, it's basically just an open window all the time mm. that lets the cold air in and out.
0: So this blend of, uh, this, this, this whiskey war, the one that you started off with, what, what, are, we, uh, what are we getting a, a lot of here? So
2: this, you'll get spicier pepper notes on the yeah. front. You get, so also intentional. Higher rye content? Yeah, I wanted to blend a rye-heavy blend because my bourbon is going to be a, a wheat-heavy bourbon, a sweeter bourbon. And so I wanted these products. I didn't want one high-bank bourbon's release for Whiskey War to necessarily go away, and it's sure. absolutely not going to go away. Um, it's been a huge hit so far. And so I wanted the products to be very different. And so this is intentionally a rye-heavy blend. It's about 80% rye that's in it. Yeah, um, I can, I can it, taste so. it. That's good. And
1: it's still got a and little like sweet kick to it, though. Mm-hmm. You know, you can smell this. And what's love-
2: interesting, and we'll go into it next, so Whiskey War... This is what's made for the masses. It's at 88 proof. What most people, you know, like it under that 90 proof when they're drinking something. When I blended it, I blended it off of barrel proof. So this is at one. Eight, this one's at what, 119.5. They've come out as low as 118. This is the highest It's come out 119.5. Um, I blended it off of this. So I love the barrel proofs. I love fresh out of a barrel, uncut, unfiltered, all that stuff. And so and even if you leave a bit a little bit of your whiskey war on the table and you drink them back and forth, yeah, where this has it's just it's it's a totally different feel in the mouth and even flavor profile you know that you kind of hit so where when you talk about that sweet note, I think this one actually hits sweeter than the uh, than the whiskey war
0: um I recently sampled the the barrel proof, and as much as I like the the whiskey war I mean obviously i I get what you're saying out of the barrel is just an entirely different experience yeah. and it's do do you do you find that to be the case in all the years that you started you know from when you started drinking whiskey i mean what did, was it your old man that turned you on the whiskey or did you no. find that on your own well There's an interesting mix here. You know, I've heard a couple things that you said from the bat. You know, your dad lives in Kentucky, Mm -hmm. drives a Harley. You had a Harley. So there's a couple of dudes on the open road with saddlebags (laughs) and hitting distilleries. (laughs) And then earlier you mentioned, you know, uh, your partner, Jordan, you met in church.
2: Yeah. You know, so... Hardly guys can go to church. I didn't say it's that all good, guys can go
0: to church, but there's like an interesting <laughs> blend of a guy here. Yeah, So it,
2: it really is. Uh, even my, my first job, to talk about Jurassic differences, so right out of school, I was a graphic designer and then became the creative director. I worked at a church, that was my first job. So I worked in Vineyard Columbus up in Westerville, Ohio. Um, it's a large, it's a pretty large mega church up there. While I was there, I mean, there was probably about 8,000 members that were, or 8,000 regular attenders every single weekend. And so my first job out of school was a graphic designer there. There There's a small communications department. And then that communications department grew to uh, eight people. And then I became the creative director of that communications department. And then I ran all of the branding and marketing aspects for the church up there, which that for me, because it was kind of an in-house shop, we had to do everything. We had to do everything from weekend service support to videos, to websites, to everything like that. So it, it allowed me to... Have that experience of everything that I do right now. Where here I do everything. I still hold three clients currently right now outside of High Bank, um, three states of design that I still you know manage the brands for and do the design work for. So it's really, I mean, I'm. It's for me. It's always. It's been this journey, and right. it's been a, it's been a really fun journey because I I feel like I allow myself to you know be guided where I feel like I should go. You know, and so uh,
0: without it. getting too personal, I mean, is religion a big uh, oh, part, part part of your life? Yeah, for sure. And and do you, and do you feel like that's that's done its own type of had its own type of purpose and influence and in how you've made decisions? Uh, I, I mean, hundred
2: percent. Yeah, I,
0: I I tell you why I ask. Yeah. I tell you why I ask because I envy that because I I've never I'm Greek Orthodox. Yeah. You know, very strict tenets as far as how. Yeah. Forced to go to church yep. and long, very long. Grew up drinking, <laughs> grew up,
2: grew up drinking uzo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And, and so uh, when when I talk to someone who has that aspect of their life opened up a little bit, yep. I, I get a little I get a little envious because I, I don't don't know what that experience is like, and I don't know what you have to do to open yourself up to do that. And then you know when when you think about uh, the stereotypical churchgoer he's not making whiskey yeah,
1: true. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's true he's not distilling whiskey so i will he's, tell he's you the that. one burning down the bars <laughs> at westerville yeah. you know so i I, like, I i mean i'll tell you i mean i i mean vineyards vineyards a, a very you know open church when it comes to all that stuff it's very you know i mean yeah i i have so many i, I i'm i still go to church there so that's still where my wife and i attend uh church at and where we're raising our kids and uh i mean i have so many of the pastors that are down here i mean almost on a weekly basis yeah that and they love it. i've given so many tours to people on my ch- like on the church staff and they've had parties down here i mean it's just it's fun i mean it's for me too like when i left the church i felt like i was it was time for me to go because i was ready to like i was in this bubble of working in a church and i wanted to interact with other people right and, you give know. you
1: an opportunity to sure hone in on that craft too. for sure yeah absolutely
2: i mean it's been so yeah, I mean I could I could talk about that for a long time. Well, I feel we like we
1: had the priest on. I mean, I'm, I grew up Catholic and yeah. I think Yeah, we had Father Nick, a lot Nick of Ventura on and, and uh, the, yeah,
0: that that was uh, that, and there was another stereotype too, the the you know, the the Catholic the the, Irish the, the Irish Catholic, Catholic drinking yes, priest yeah, that you've yeah. seen in the films and so forth. Yeah. Um like in Quiet Man. So, <laughs> don't get me start, <laughs> Don't get me started on Quiet Man. Do not This is from last week's podcast. <laughs> he really Pissed me off royally uh, on that, and now it's just like a button that he likes to push from time to time. You've seen the Quiet Man with John Wayne, haven't you? I haven't. Actually. You haven't seen? Okay. Uh-uh. Well, I highly recommend it. Don't listen to Hands. When you've got nine hours yeah, of your up. life, you want to shut blow away up you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Oscar-winning uh, film. D- 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 stop it. It was. <laughs> it was. It was. I know. And, uh, no, it was Oscar-nominated. Okay. fine. Oh man.
1: Stop it! It's a little stop, it stop
0: it! Stop it! You're you're getting me off my run here because before I asked you about church, I was going to say uh, as a whiskey drinker, when did you start drinking whiskey? And as you've gotten older, do you find yourself gravitating more towards the foolproofs and the barrel proofs? Yeah, almost like as we as whiskey drinkers, we need to up the game a little yeah, yeah. bit. It's not that we don't enjoy
2: For eighty-six sure. and eighty-eight proof whiskeys. You just you're opening up your eyes to what like right what the experience could be exactly. You know? And so, I mean, I so I was – craft. so getting into alcohol for me in general, I didn't drink a ton in high school or anything like that. Coming to college, it was very much – I loved the craft side of things. I wasn't a huge partier, um, but, you know, we had fun. But we had fun, you know, grabbing – that was like around – when I was in college in the early 2000s, that's when the craft movement of beer was huge, right? So you had right. – all of this stuff coming out, and so like I felt like I learned how to drink on really good beer. Right, <laughs> I'm just sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm older than you, obviously. <laughs> He's in the early 2000s. Yeah, you know when everything was
0: like. How okay, let me. How old are you? I'm gonna be 35. Oh man, 35. <laughs> 35. 35. Yeah. And look, look at this. Look at this at 35. That's pretty awesome. i mean, it's Appreciate pretty awesome. That. So, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you you're saying fine. It all started to come together yeah, in so 2000.
2: so my roommates, my one roommate, like Jack Daniels, he would buy a bottle every once in a while. That's literally probably the first whiskey that I ever drank. It's uh, a good one. You know, Jack and Cokes and, and all that stuff. But I would say I wasn't – I didn't get into it until that experience with my dad where kind of that – because I'm – I haven't realized it until like recently. I'm actually pretty a massive collector of a lot of things growing all the way up through my life, whether it's been baseball cards or, you know, coasters or even Beanie Babies when I was a kid, like all of that crap, right? That's
0: a much better word than a hoarder. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I
2: tell people. I'm a collector. When I get onto something, even like when, when I was drinking craft beer, I probably had I would try to find all these different beers that I've never had. And I think I had 240 beer bottles um, on like lining my in college, lining my top different beer bottles because I was just trying to find different beers that I've never had. Yeah. And so then when I was turned on to whiskey um, after that ride with my dad, that's when I, I didn't necessarily have a palate for it yet, but I loved the stories behind it. And so I right. started purchasing the bottles and then I started learning how to drink it. And it was through that. And I, and hundred percent agree that the longer that you do it, the more you realize the higher proof that you go the less water that's added into the the product when it's bottled the more complex that that product can be but
0: and here's and, and this is a this was one of the myths that we continue to dispel you know for for those who who don't drink whiskey and sometimes see a barrel proof or a really high proof they just think oh my god it's got to be so strong right and, and strong meaning bitter and, yeah. and 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 really hot now you mentioned out of the get-go with this one, this I'll find this one a little sweeter, yeah. and just the nose, just the nose alone is is, is a sweeter nose to it. And yep. it does have a little bit of a... Of it's a, a sweet
2: a, on the front, pepper in the back. Yes. Where the, where the first one's a pepper on the front, it's sweet in the back. So it's interesting how it kind of flip-flops.
0: Yeah. This is awesome.
2: Yeah. And to me, it doesn't drink like a 120 proof. No, no. it doesn't, uh-huh. which is, yeah.
0: which, like I said, one of those myths that we continually try to dispel that... If you see a high proof uh, bourbon whiskey, uh, you know don't don't be afraid because yep. you you will be pleasantly surprised at well, how I some think of them people get afraid
2: so. by the price too because you know a lot of them you're you're paying fifty plus dollars for right. them and but the rea- the reality is too you're you're getting the same bang for your buck essentially usually yeah. you know not not all the time but and
0: the whiskey war i mean that's that's a very reasonable bottle yeah and yeah, this is
2: 36 th- this is 49 that's yeah. this is 47 yeah
0: okay and we 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 make it's not a joke we actually all the i think this is our 120th 20th bottle on the podcast if i do the math correctly and we always say that we like we we we've gone with bottles that were 50 and over, but we always like to find yeah. those bottles that are 50 bucks and under, for because sure. not everybody yeah. has, you know, the the income to just throw, to, to buy a, right. a, an 80, 125 dollar bottle you every have to, like, week. And to take
2: a risk on it. Right. Because that's the thing. You might so not, you like, don't, it. You might not yeah. like it. That's, yeah. that's the thing, I mean, yeah. But for 100 bucks, you buy
0: Two whiskey war barrel proofs, <laughs> good to go. A good, yeah. That's a that's a sound that's a good, sound whiskey yeah. investment. It's a fun weekend. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a, just a weekend, <laughs> just a weekend. I'm curious. All those bottles of beer, those, those that bottle collection. Yeah. Uh, you still have it. I do. I do. do you really? Do. That you're married to a good woman. <laughs> yeah. You are married to it's a good uh, any woman that lets you keep your 240 empty bottled beer collection. They're, they're in, in a rubber man, Literally, they're in a rubbermaid container, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. stored in my crawl space. Not, okay, but not you displayed. still have them. Yeah. And someday there'll be a room yeah, for them. Some someday, someday there'll be yeah. a place for them. The, oh yes, there will be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I got all the. I I have got a garage full of empty whiskey bottles yeah, from did. the podcast.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the repurposing you know, I, thing is huge right now. On on yeah. the. Oh yeah, that's uh, what I'm doing. I'm repurposing. Well, you said you had yeah, really, you know, somebody who makes lamps out of them. I mean, yeah. not that you do that. She but did. Uh, my housekeeper made a a lamp out of a, uh, a,
0: a I can't remember what the bottle was. It was a big, but the base of it was a really thick glass bottle, so yeah, it was cool. a good base, and she made yeah. a great lamp
1: out of it. I've got a bunch of old vinyl records. They're like. Barbra Streisand, a bunch of, you know, Lawrence Welk records that I don't want or listen to, but I want to repurpose
2: them somehow. I don't, you know, I I I just, I always envision like with collecting the beer bottles that someday in my garage, whenever I would build it, that I could have an accent wall of just beer bottles where you could literally fill the entire thing, you know, head to, head to, head to toe with, with beer bottles and it would just be a cool thing. You Yeah. Yeah. now I want to do this and do the other side of the wall with whiskey
1: bottles. Real quick. (laughs) Would you ever want to, I mean, you've been talking about the craft beer scene. Is there any aspirations down the road to do a dual distillery brewery thing? Is that a thing? I don't um, even know. I think, think there is that.
2: So I don't know of a distillery that's gone into the brewery side. I know some breweries that have gone to the distillation side, especially right. there's one down in Cincinnati. Um, I think one of the things, especially as an entrepreneur, I need to stay focused. Sure. Like, like there's a lot of like shiny things thing out there. And really it's not even well. like that we're just doing one thing, but it's like, I mean, because we have a lot of ideas, you know, we have because we just really because we thought about that. Actually, it's like we have the equipment, the front end equipment, the mash tun, the fermenters, all that stuff is essentially what you use to make beer. You just need to add, you know, like two pieces of equipment and then you could be kegging, you know, kegging your own. Sure. Um, But is that what we want to be focused on, especially when there's 60 craft breweries just in Columbus, Ohio alone and. What is that going to do to sell it here? Yeah, we can make great profit off of it because beer, you know, breweries make a great margin. But I feel like that we feel like that would more just be a distraction to what we're trying to do.
1: No, I I guess I've never thought about that. Yeah, because the the reality is
2: too. um, It's a small operation back here. It's me and one part-time employee that does Mm -hmm. everything back here. So it's uh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, uh,
0: After this podcast wraps up uh, tonight, we're probably gonna do a little bit of what we call behind the bottle and take an actual walk around with Adam. And you'll see when he says it's a it's a, a one, two-man operation, he, he's not kidding. He took us back there when we came down to visit the day before to see how things work around here. So you'll be amazed and impressed at, at what comes out of this space. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy. So your father...
2: Was a whiskey drinker all his life? He was not. He was not a whiskey drinker. My family was not a drinking family growing up. So
0: when you hit these places with your old man, did he become a whiskey drinker? He has. Because of you? Because of me. So it went the other way. He also started
2: drinking beer because of me.
0: (laughs) So he was... Alcohol was not in this man's life
2: until you came around. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean... My, my parents grew up drinking. They would drink wine every once in a while. You know, maybe once What'd a month your you would see them. dad do for a living? My dad's a IT project manager. Yeah. Um, and now he he retired and he does his own, like, um, dustless blasting restoration business down in Kentucky. Um, so, and rides a Harley. Rides a Harley. Ready. And he's a cool guy. Yeah. 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 He's been a huge help. I mean, it was fun having him.
1: I bet he loves it.
2: Yeah. I mean, he, he drives up here whenever I need him to, which I greatly appreciate. And uh, there's still, there was, I had to figure out, a explosion-proof pump, like a week before we were opening, because I was like, "Wait, how do I get all this whiskey out of these barrels? I can't just use a regular pump." And so I was doing all this research. I bought all these pieces and parts. It was a week before we were opening. It was madhouse. All the construction was trying to finish up. My dad was here, um, and I was just like, "Can you take these? Go to Home Depot. Here's my credit card. Can you make just it work?" Figure it out. Two hours later, I had a working pump. and We were pumping whiskey out. <laughs> I was awesome! Like, wow. we're Still using that same same pump to pump our whiskey Thanks, out. Thanks, Pop. So, yeah, it was great that's so, a great story yeah huh. yeah
0: i'll never come to the rescue for my child <laughs> in a situation <laughs> like that yeah. i am like the worst handy person ever creatively i can get together with john and you and kick <laughs> ass you tell me take all these to home depot here's my credit card just come back <laughs> with something that works yeah yeah i'm sorry it's no. uh it's it feels, been fun with with
2: my family i mean it's in, in general, I mean, everybody's been super supportive um, of everything. I mean, obviously, especially do my wife. Do you, how, how old are your kids? I have a f- almost five-year-old, a two-and-a-half-year-old, and a six-week-old.
0: Okay, so let's go with the five-year-old. Does the five-year-old know that daddy makes whiskey? Oh, yeah. She tells everybody daddy <laughs> makes bourbon.
2: Yeah, what's my daddy? She, she goes to the bar and orders a white milk neat. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So. <laughs> she, I love that. My man. oldest, like oh, th- man. so my my two older girls, they both love the distillery. I so mean, you
0: know as time passes on yeah. and when it the, the, that high bank will be in good hands. Yeah. And when you pass she already it talks dead, about
2: that. She's like, Daddy, when I own high bank someday? I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she's, my yeah she's awesome. Neat. <laughs> I'm gonna have to steal that one for the kids. <laughs> That's awesome. The Midnight Cask. Yeah. That's a fairly new addition to the family. Yeah, we to added the, to this the family. in uh, early November. Uh, this is something I've had in my back pocket for uh, a year prior. Then because of the lovely government shutdown last year at this time, yeah. uh, I couldn't get my label approved, which then made it a summer release. This is not a summer whiskey. I didn't want to do it in the summer, so then we waited until November this past year to actually release it.
0: And this has been a, there's been a lot of uh, distilleries having – fun for lack of a better word by uh putting this product into uh into into port wine barrels into
2: wine barrels and stuff like that but this is the difference on this one and why this is a unique product is um because it's not in the barrel. It's barrels, not in it, a barrel. It, so what we do is we physically take our whiskey war barrel proof and mix it with a port wine. Po- mix actually mix it with yeah, mix oh, oh, it wow. with the port wine. Yeah. So you've
0: not had this yet. No, I, uh, you, this dude, is what you, you've been talking about since. Yes, you're gonna, so, you're gonna, so you're gonna there's, there's gonna love this. one other. Yeah, you're, you're the you're the host. You should pour. Because
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I, I love uh, I, I got hooked to this stuff um, for the Angels Envy Rye, which is very sweet. So I'm and and
2: and you like the. You like the, the sweetness of the, the Basil Hayden. Mm-hmm. The, the, so, the, the, I mean, the, that's the thing. When and, I was, before I owned a distillery, Basil Hayden Rye was something that I never went to when I wanted to obviously like, hey, I want a glass of whiskey. Um, but there was this, I'm, I'm super lazy when it comes to cocktails. I don't make cocktails. My cocktail is a whiskey over an ice cube. It's like. The the, the like, most complex like I get. brother from another mother. <laughs> I love it. They're the so, same way. I'm not a big yeah. craft cocktail person. So, but when Just I would drink Basil Hayden it, rye, Harley, dark rye, I'm like, <laughs> this is kind of like I'm drinking. I felt like I was kind of drinking a cocktail because it was yeah. nice and sweet. And then when I opened up a distillery, I was like, hey, maybe I could try to make this. Because I saw it was a mix of Kentucky straight whiskey, Canadian whiskey, and uh, port wine. <sighs> and so. Right. Wow. Wow. Super I, uh, smooth. I took my barrel proof, went to Giant Eagle, bought 12 different bottles of port like wine, it. and started playing around. And, you oh, know, like I probably it. tried about 30 different port wines before we finally landed on which one we were going to actually use. Because um, it's not too sweet. Because that's yeah. the thing
1: about that Angel's Envy ride. It's delicious, but you have more than one pour. You're, it's over, over, overkill. Yeah.
2: Still has a nice burn to it. Yeah. Um, it's at uh, 82 proof. Uh, Literally, oh, you this is. I don't,
0: see, I don't even feel a, 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 so, a burn on this. I if, you would, no, if you it's so would,
2: it, if you would drink it, smooth um, and sweet. If you would drink it, before you would have barrel proof, so your palate's already used to that. Uh, you true. know, one twenty. True. Good point. Um, if you would drink it like first thing off, you would feel a little bit of burn, but still, it's super sweet. It's. Glo- I I almost describe it as glossy, like it has this really nice coating, and you know how it hits your mouth. What kind of cocktails do you make with this? Mm. He I mean, doesn't.
1: He pours it over ice well, and he drinks it like they a own, man. I mean, they own a, 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 a bar. Yeah, there is. Uh,
2: there is. We we do one called. Oh, just escape me. Um. Uh. With man, the, what do with, they call it? With its with uh with the midnight cast?
0: Yeah. What is? It? I might have here. it on the cheat sheet. Yeah. Here. yeah what's it on? The, is it the Dark Knight? The Dark
2: Knight. The that's Dark Knight. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So we just started making that one here. Um, yeah. There's it's one pop around.
1: And You, you like the old, old fashioned. You yeah. like old yeah. fashioned. Yeah, because if you
2: take this and you pour this over ice, and you do an orange peel, and you express mm-hmm. the orange peel over top of it, and just pop the orange peel in, like seriously, that's it's like you're drinking a cocktail. Sure. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. really good. Adding that little bit of extra orange with that port wine is really nice. What's in the small bottles? So um, let's go next to well,
0: yeah. You, you, hey, are you, you're, you're driving this Harley, so. <laughs>
1: We we're, what do you call that? The cab seat? <laughs> what, <laughs> do that, what, yeah, the, what do you call yeah, that thing? The sidecar. The, the, sidecar. the sidecar. We're, yeah, yeah. we're just Put in my the sidecar. <laughs> on. Hold on. <laughs>
2: and I'm the dog. So these. So we're working on a couple different. So going off of what we. What most people do with these, we're working on a. Um, a couple different things back there. We have a lot of single barrel stuff that we're kind of playing around with. Um, two of them that just became ready, but we're. We're probably not going to release until the fall as well. We were aging whiskey War Barrel Proof in a Cab Sauv barrel Ooh, back there, nice. and then we were also aging one in a Yacy. Um, ah. um So these they were both in the barrel for 17 months, um, and it's delicious. Um, so we'll start with the Cab Sauv. So we'll, this is this is going to happen. This is going to ha- so this is going to be one of those things. I again I I've. I love distilling. I've fallen in love with the blending side of things. Absolutely love manipulating flavors, blending stuff together, there's, coming there's up a, with something There's unique. a gift and a talent to it's, that it's, as well, my I feel friend. like that's the that's the artist side where yeah, like I right. get to create this and allow people to experience it and see their reaction, right? And so this is like – so this Cabsoft barrel, there's one. That's it. There's going to be 228 bottles. That's it. And That'll be done. Same thing with this. There's, I think, 236 bottles that came out of this barrel, and that's it. So I, I love the aspect of starting to do these single barrel releases. It'll be a one and done. One and, and done. You Get have the it. bottle. If you have it, great. If not, it's never going to be back. And it's only going to be sold here in the distillery, and that's it. So like we'll do a re- little release party for people. We'll advertise it. We'll put it on social media, all that stuff. So anybody that would want to come out. But this is going to be in the fall time that we're going to do it. So it'll be and ready this fall. They're already ready. Oh. Like they're bottled and everything. We just we aren't going to release them until the fall. So So... Are we looking at those, or do we get to taste those? <laughs> you just look, no. We're going to taste them. Okay, yeah. well,
1: <laughs> And, and uh, we teased about doing maybe a uh, behind-the-bottle video after this. You showed us these empty the barrels. barrels over yeah. there, and I've never smelled something and wanted to drink more <laughs> than in my yeah, life. Right? I yeah. took a big yeah, whiff of the, of the hole there. Was I was like, good. wow. That's good. That's good. Thank you. And, of course, so I, I, we talk about kids. My daughter was and here. Although, was and
0: I, I smell I, I smell see I <laughs> oh. the... One eighteen. That, is that what the proof's going to be? This is one eighteen point
2: five. Is yep. that what the proof's going to be on yep. these? This is. Oh, nice. They're all going to be barrel proof. Um. So, and even I would taste these side by side. I always tell people too. And if you want, it's always great to have a little uh, whiskey war barrel proof next to it too to um, compare the smell and the flavors because it's your if, whiskey war if, barrel proof. If you insist, mm-hmm. I mean, who, who am I to? He is the master distiller. Yeah, yeah,
0: who am I to argue with the the man if he says I must have something next
2: to it? I must. I must. So we'll keep him in order. Keep this one last. Okay. Um, and then we will. I already have some barrel proof here. If you guys want? Put barrel proof first. Are these Those yours? Those are mine. Bring two pairs of glasses. I have two pairs today? of glasses.
0: Yeah. Right. Don't judge me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. I think you might be correct. Yeah. Um,
0: all right. So what's the order here? So, how do you want us to do this? We're
2: gonna do take a take a nose and a, and a drink of barrel proof first. Okay. And then go into uh, we'll go into the cab Sauve. Which was That's the first good. one you poured? Yeah. The yeah, cab okay. Sauve is the first one, and then we'll go into the southern
0: But the but the barrel proof first.
2: Yeah. So I mean, for one, you can also first of all, so you can just see the look at the color difference. Yeah, the color difference, difference is them. huge. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Amazing. I'll try to take a photograph for the uh, social medias. So the Cab Sauv, again, this is still a rye-heavy, but you're going to get a lot more fruit that's going to come out of it from it, it being in the wine barrel. The Sauvignessi, you're going to get hit more over the head with uh, a heavier oak flavor that's going to come out of it. So can I remember, yeah. go, with, go? go for, for it? it. Right? Wow!
0: Wow! Yeah.
2: I'm, Especially, like you said, after yeah, after the barrel proof, like how drastically different it is by just wonderfully a, drastically yeah, different,
0: for sure. But but in a, but in a beautiful way. Yeah. Um. Obviously, we'll, we'll we'll stay in touch after this podcast. But yeah, I'm getting one of those <laughs> bottles. I'm getting, I'm, those bottle. I'm getting one of those bottles. I'm Getting
2: one of those bottles. This is the, the yeah. These are both they're 118 both one eight, both one
0: eighteen, but yeah. this is the.
2: The Cab we, Sov was the first one. Cab was, was the first one. Sov- one. Seven years. And now,
0: and now we go with this one. Yeah, and this was supposedly a little oakier, right? Wow.
2: Yeah, less fruit on the front, more earthy and oaky. That hits you. How long did it take you to uh,
1: find this it's combination?
2: It's good. Um, well, it's more of so we found some really, really good quality of the wine bottle or wine barrel is key. Right. Where you're sourcing the the wine barrels from. And because and then how long? Because you can absolutely overage. Uh, and that's why they're pulled now. I thought that they were going to need. So, you so I tasted as them as you go along? Yeah, I, I would taste every month. I would taste to see how the progression was going in the barrel. Um, and November, when I tasted them, I, that's when I thought, like, OK, I think that these are gonna be ready in September. Like it's gonna go through the summer, go into the barrel again, hit a cold snap, come back out of the barrel. And then I think we're going to you know, be ready to pull. Well, I kept doing tours with people and I kept doing small tastes throughout the time. And I was noticing this drastic flavor progression just over the last two months. And literally like 10 days ago, when I was doing a tour with um, another uh, whiskey reviewer here in Columbus, we were tasting and I was just like, shoot like i think these are done this is good ready, and, ready to go like i didn't i just didn't want to risk going any further with them and uh i'm yeah i mean obviously i have nothing to compare
0: it to from what you were sampling beforehand yeah. but it's it it seems like you <laughs> it seems like you pulled out at the right time <laughs> 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 as far as the right mixture goes because th- these these are both awesome thanks really good and they're and their own they're also, good. Way.
2: They're also good mixed, if you put them together. Mm, they are. Right. Yeah, alone. but I'll never be able to now if I... I mean, getting, you can pour more if you want. I don't care. No, no, no. no it's okay.
0: <laughs> I'm good, because we still have to, before we go, uh, I'm curious uh, about
2: the other products yeah. as well that we so, want to get to. we can absolutely get into those. I will just say now your palate's shot. Sure. It's <laughs> done. Drinking, drinking it's one. It's done, the palate, Rick. You know You know, but, you know, but the, I...
0: I'm sure they're going to taste great because, duh, the whiskeys have been great. I'm more interested in the creation of the names. Like, we we teased this before you walked in on Facebook Live. Yeah. We had had the professor up here, and I was like, why is it called the professor? This is the
2: rum. Yep. Why the professor? So, uh, Dabney Horton was a professor at a university. Moonshine University? (laughs) No, a a prominent Central Ohio University that maybe uses a Buckeye Leaf as their uh, uh, logo sometimes, and a big blocko. Uh, so right before Prohibition, he was a professor at the university, and he was arrested for uh, rum running. Uh-huh, and nice. was put in jail and was fired. And so we have a little story that talks about Dabney Horton on the side of the barrel, on the other side. Uh, so again, me being the story guy, sure, I sure. like telling a story, like and I like trying to find unique stories. And I want stories that relate back to central Ohio, if possible. Uh, our gin, Statehouse Gin. Uh, there's a s- story on the back of it talking about how it you know, took 23 years to build the Ohio Statehouse and some history behind that. Um, and then our High Bank Vodka has the story of High Bank on it. Um, so High Bank was founded or I'm sorry, uh, Columbus was founded in 1812 when it was when they were trying to figure out where to put the capital of Ohio one of the major cities they were considering when they decided central Ohio here was Franklinton. Um, the reason they did not put it in Franklinton was all the flooding that was happening because right. it's an old floodplain down there. And so they decided to put it on the high bank of the Sciota and Nolentangia rivers. That's go. where the name high bank came from. Um, and those two paint swashes on the front of the bottles are supposed to represent the, the rivers. two rivers, the two um, rivers. Very so nice. yeah, I, I wanted same thing with when we were coming up with the name high bank, what is we're I'm super proud to live in Central Ohio. I love Central Ohio. My wife and I will live here forever, most likely. What can be a Central Ohio brand, but it doesn't tie us to Central Ohio as we continue to try to expand throughout the market. So if we're Columbus Distilling Company, you know, all of a sudden you start pigeonholing yourself into Central Ohio. Right. And you're especially not going to grow into Michigan, probably, because <laughs> nobody's going to want to buy your stuff.
0: But High Bank,
1: yeah, is a whole different thing. And do you like Rob Hansberry? Our friends, uh, Leon and Blair have, have, uh, gotten me open my eyes to it more. I, I, yeah. I rum was on my list of things that i that was my my what do you call it like the uh, no drink list yeah i got loaded on some dominican rum and that's usually i hear that a lot with gin yeah, yeah uh rum is mine yeah, so, yeah well
0: but gin was my college drink. yeah yeah i
1: was i was a big gin but guy, it's coming so. around like uh it, it, and um it's just becoming a more craft product and the flavors and the funkiness and yeah so this was a, a so
2: this is going to be a one-time product so we have nine barrels of it um, it's gonna continue to get better this is batch one that was aged 13 months uh, batch two back there which we have two more barrels of um, is probably going to come out in the end of the summer and that'll probably be aged almost two years at that point um, so but it's a it's a quick Caribbean white rum we did not distill this on site this was something that was sent to me I got some samples of really enjoyed it and I was trying to figure out something different. That people weren't doing in Central Ohio, um, so we got because I can't name another. Our, our friends are
1: like Watershed and some of the other ones. I don't think are yeah. Doing nobody's rum yet.
2: doing rum. The only person yeah. so Echo's, Echo Echo uh, Spirits just opened, or they're just in opening Grandview. up in Grandview here, and uh, Joe and his partner over there, um, nice guys. They uh, they're opening up the first like rum distillery here in Central Ohio. Think there's a couple. There's think another. do the podcast. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. He'd do the podcast for yeah. sure.
1: Then I yeah. love rum. <laughs> <laughs> rum. Rum, rum, rum.
0: You, you look at when you started, which a blink of an eye ago. Yeah. And where you've come already in what is less than two years. Yeah. Right? I mean, look at this. Look at, I mean, just this alone. People can't see the beautiful restaurant built yeah. from the ground up, as we sure. mentioned earlier, that's, uh, that has been, uh, you know, Four and a half out of five it's star cool, reviews It's a cool fucking yeah, bar. Too. As yeah. You know,
1: the, the, the menu's great and the people come to- Even if you're not, I'm sorry, even because my wife doesn't like whiskey, but she's been here more times than I have yeah. with, with her <laughs> gal friends eating and drinking. Yeah. yeah.
0: She doesn't like whiskey?
1: Imagine that. How are you two still married? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't
0: know. Whiskey's got nothing to do with it. Yeah. You, you've got a lot <laughs> to do with it. But that's another story for another time. Yeah. My question on. is I mean, This isn't gonna this isn't gonna cut it. These I in my opinion, from what I see in just two years, it's got it's gonna get bigger. Yeah. It's gonna get bigger. This you're not gonna be just you making for sure. the whiskey. Yeah. So I mean, is that what you envision? Is that yeah. what you
2: see? And are you ready for it? Yeah. I mean we have yeah, we have lots of lots of future forecastings that we, you know, potentials that we talk about. But it, it's it's right foot, left foot. You got to keep the boots to the ground and keep keep your pedal, on, keep your foot on the right. gas. I mean, it's it's. I mean, so we've been open for not quite two years yet, but this was a three and a half year project before we even opened up the doors. I understand you know, that. and so it seems like not a long time, but there was so much legwork that had to go into executing it. What we say this this well, like doing an elevated execution of what we're trying to do. And because we spent all that time and energy on the front end of really trying to get this right, like hit the ground running, right. we felt like we really actually did that. We kind of hit the ground running. There was, of course, we stumbled here and there, stuff that we learned off, like real quick, you know, on the restaurant side and the distillation side of things. Um, but I mean, we would love to. Obviously, we we want to continue to grow High Bank. I mean, that's that's the goal.
0: And do you think as you move forward, the one thing that we discussed, and I told you that I would I would bring it up in our next podcast with the superintendent of Ohio Liquor Control, Mr. Canepa, uh you said that things eased up sure. law-wise yeah. to make you shift from uh, opening up a, a brewery to a distillery, but um, where are the laws right now that are still kind of tying your hands a little yeah. bit or tying your hands a future... Entrepreneurs like yourself. Yeah,
2: there's a lot. I mean, the the taxes for one. I mean, how distilleries get taxed compared to wineries and breweries is ridiculous. I mean, we get taxed forty to forty six percent right off the top. We
0: discussed this with the with the folks at Middle West yeah. at, at the time, and
2: uh, so I mean that's that's rough. I mean, we're trying to get the the um, how many bottles you can purchase at your distillery lifted. So you can go into a liquor store, you can buy cases of product if you right. want to walk out with it. Here, you can only buy two bottles. Of like a combination, so really? you can buy this and this, and that's it. That's like, o- I can't. I couldn't. You buy every one I of these. I could go to well, the
0: front sounds. and go, give me one of each. Nope, because
2: there's three.
1: Actually, I mean, because even you want this to be a destination right. for, and it doesn't make to, it doesn't make contact. sense yeah. because oh, we are technically
2: an Ohio yeah. liquor store. We're only allowed selling our product, but we're an Ohio liquor store. And why do
0: you think that is? I
2: have no idea. Okay, I will bring it up with Mister Canepa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
0: will. And
1: he, he's pretty level-headed about. things. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean,
0: doesn't, he doesn't make the law. Right, right, right. right. He's right, not the one that made the law. Yeah. But he might be able it. to translate it and explain it, and also maybe give some insight as to whether or not that's going to change.
2: Right, I don't know. I can't yeah. promise. that. So that's but. that's one of the things that we're so I'm, we're part of the Ohio Distillers Guild as well, and so we're trying. That's one of the things that we're lobbying to try and get changed. We also. Right now, we technically couldn't, with our DSP license, um, open up a different bottle shop. So if we if we decided, OK, High Bank restaurant would be great in, say, Bridge Park. Right. Right. We couldn't then open up a bottle shop for High Bank in our Bridge Park location if we wanted to. like. So you couldn't sell the bottles. It had to be a, a bar. Yeah. It would just be a rest. Like if we opened up a restaurant and a di- whole different location, they could sell our bod- bottles behind the bar in cocktails, right? Sure. but to have a shop there that they could also purchase bottles from that we create, you know... It'd be easier to open up a liquor store. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's essentially so, let's it. So
0: I can't buy three bottles of a high bank product here, but I can go to my liquor
2: store and buy as many, and as, buy as,
1: many as I want. Yeah, That makes, want. No no makes no sense at all. Makes no sense at all. Makes no sense at all. And then you're not making as much... Duh, um, most likely. No, book? that's a th- well I mean or because is Ohio better? is a liquor
2: control state, it, does not it matter. doesn't matter if you buy it here or if you buy it at the liquor store, we oh, make the exact interesting. same interesting. on every single bottle and the prices uh because of Ohio being a uh, liquor control state for every single bottle, it's it's supposed to be the exact same every single liquor sure. store. So you're not going to find a better deal, right. you know, right. something yeah. at
0: one place or another. That is the one thing I do like yeah about Ohio. For sure. I like the control state because Fair enough. I was uh, talking to a uh, uh, a friend of mine, there was a liquor store in Chicago that said in order that and because Illinois is not, they had a, a, a note or, you know, you have to buy $100 of something else if you want to buy this particular bottle, which they had in short supply so they're basically, you know, extorting you yeah. to buy other product in order to allow you to in buy. Chicago the- extortion. I know oh. it's crazy. It's crazy, but that's mm-hmm. bullshit. You know. So, but yeah, uh, I have one more question for you before I toss it back over to Mr. Hansberry to help us close things out and reminders. Um, as I sit here and talk with any guest on any on any podcast, you know, I I listen and I absorb and I kind of get an idea of what they're about. and uh, and and where they're going and if i don't know where they're going i like to ask so i see you as this graduate of ccad uh, a graphic designer a creative guy who gets the idea now to to create something else that is near and dear to him that he knows and loves and you're only 35 years of age Mm -hmm. so with this up and running and still growing i'm very curious as to whether or not there's still something else that you wanna do before
2: this journey is
0: all said and done.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm always open to opportunities. And I think too, with my, my business partner, Jordan, we, we talk about stuff all the time like that. I think one of the things that I like, honestly, so I, I work a lot, but I, I try to work around the most important thing in my life, which is my family. So when I'm you know, waking up at four, doing design work, my kids wake up at 6.30, make them breakfast, get them ready for school, drop them off at daycare, come down here, you know, work until 4.30, go back home, do dinner, do bedtime, which I do every single right. night, to then come back down here and continue to work. Like that's that's my life because I don't want my kids and my family to ever, um, sac- you don't have to sacrifice, right. you know, I would rather be the one that's sacrificing on stuff like that. And so any decision that I would continue to make like moving forward, that's always my biggest filter, you know, of like where I should be going because it's not, I mean, money's money. It's not, it's not worth, you know, sacrificing my family over, but is there stuff that I would want to do for sure? I mean, I have, I, yeah, I have <laughs> I've lots of ideas. I bet you have lots of ideas <laughs> and
0: being the graphic designer that you yeah. are, lots of ideas that don't, that don't involve this current this current right. business right here that go back probably to where you started. Yeah. I it's almost like I was really good at what I did here and now I'm doing this, but I still love what I did here and yeah. I still have unfinished business in that world that I haven't accomplished. I think that's yet.
2: and that's that's a good good point too because I really do enjoy the design side of things still. You know, like as as the distillery we continue to get up and running and as what I envision, like if the distillery would grow and say we have a dozen employees back here, you know, doing everything and producing everything. And, you know, even somebody that's probably better than I am at overseeing the operations. <laughs> Your you daughter, know, of this, milk, <laughs> meat. My, yeah. My <laughs> daughter. I don't know what I would do. You know, I, I would. My daughter and his daughter will be <laughs> become fast friends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. There's there's a lot of things that could happen. So I try to keep an open mind um, for opportunities that kind of present themselves and, and then assess.
0: Well, I, I want to thank you for your time, to, especially after hearing that rundown of your day, getting up at four, doing <laughs> some graphic designing for you or forever who you're doing it for, yeah. the kids, and then boom, boom, and then to actually spend some extra time here at night with us. Well, I appreciate the flexibility. Uh, uh, um, our flexibility? No, well, I, I told doing it
2: I, And I appreciate my wife, uh, yeah, who yeah. is with my kids right now. Yeah, putting absolutely. Them to bed. She's yeah. a good a, husband. I, yeah, well, yeah. I, will, I will say... I wouldn't be able to do any of this. Even like when I left to do my own thing for a design firm, my wife's a great provider. I mean she's she's a teacher, has great benefits. It like it allowed us allowed me to take the risks to do what I'm doing. And if I wasn't married to my wife, I don't think I would be doing any of this. I think I'd still be sitting at the exact same desk doing What's the exact name? same thing. Dec- What's that? What's her name? Her name? Her name. Erica. Erica.
0: Shout out to Erica. <laughs> on uh, whiskey you. business for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, they say behind every great man. Yeah, for There's sure. There's an even greater
1: woman. Rolling her
0: eyes. So. <laughs> Rolling her <laughs> eyes right now in a very, exactly. very cheesy way. Uh, Adam Hines, High Bank Distillery. Thank you, brother. Thank you yeah, so much. You. Uh, we hope to cross paths again, maybe do something uh, live and fun in the it'll restaurant and the bar really down for sure. the line. Maybe when uh, this fancy, fancy uh limited bottles come out in the in the fall something yeah. like that we'll we'll talk about it yep but at, for the moment i need to turn it back over to greg hansbury
1: to remind people of things
0: that he said in the beginning
1: yeah well and actually i'm gonna I toss it back to adam uh remind us of some you know high, uh, high bank distillery we're down here in grandview location yeah, website, so, yeah. hours high bank distillery
2: so, uh we're down in uh near grandview yard right off of Goodell boulevard 1051. uh we are open Tuesday through Sunday, right now we are closed Mondays for holiday hours, but usually we're open for lunch Monday through Friday, normal hours, which will kick back in in March. Um, yeah, come check us out; our brunch is killer on Saturdays and Sundays. Happy we have hour? A, you do happy hour. We do a happy the, hour.
0: The happy hours are raved about,
2: dude. So, like our happy hour, seriously, is probably one of the best in Columbus. So we have our cocktails that are anywhere from you know nine to thirteen dollars, uh, pretty standard. Our happy hour from four to from three to six. Free? No, they're <laughs> half off. They're half off. Oh, so your thirteen dollars, awesome. your thirteen smoked old fashioned, you're
1: getting for six fifty. That's nuts. He, he brought up the smoked old fashioned. That's the first time we talked about this the other day. It's crazy. They, they do. They light it and smoke the glass. Uh, now you see it everywhere, and we've had it done at, yeah, had at some, it some done of the fanciest it. places in town.
2: Sure. But this was the first we, place yeah, that we I've started. Seen it that. Done. But
0: if you come on happy hour, you're gonna get one for like six it's, fifty. Yeah. So And then the
2: other thing for brunch is the, our we call it the socially acceptable day drinking menu <laughs> where we have a <laughs> bunch of cocktails and all of our draft beer and a lot of wines are all five bucks. Socially so acceptable. Can, yeah, because you can come day here at ten and start drinking.
0: Are you trying to say that day drinking <laughs> is not socially acceptable? <laughs> no. It's just more on brunch <laughs> during brunch. <laughs> <laughs> Not when you're at church going,
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> the brunch is an excuse And I assume the, uh, the social media is High Bank. Yeah, uh, so Facebook our website's highbankco.com, whatever, yeah.
2: social media at High Bank Distillery. So, well, um, yeah, appreciate it. And likewise, Whiskey Business on
1: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and share, 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 share. Uh, and also write a review. We are actually uh, giving away a pair of tickets to, a uh, two pair of tickets. Uh, to The Premise, which will, this will drop on the
0: 17th, and The Premise will be at Shadowbox
1: Live That's on right. the upfront stage on February the 20th. So if you write a review between now and Wednesday... You'll be entered into the hopper, uh, and and John Whitney will take care of all the business. uh, And we want you to be our guest to uh, to come see the premise. Uh, uh, I call it our funny our our funny funny sister sister. podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because it's uh, something we only do once a month, but we're having a lot of fun with it. And, 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 and a couple more details for a reminder. It's it's uh, Shadowbox Live. Uh, a front stage on Shadowbox stage. Live.
0: 8 p.m. Tickets are $10. Every third Thursday. And every third Thursday of the month through July. And uh, this time around, it's a two-person sketch instead fun. of... Uh, one comic against another comic, so we're going to. Props exp- are props allowed? I, you know uh, what? If no, they we, find I, props while they're there, they have to. You know, they get the premise. There is a donut on they're, the. If, uh, they, if they can use something that's there,
2: that
0: All they right, find. Okay. I'm not uh, saying props aren't allowed, but I'm saying that though. Yes and. Yes and yes and that's right. You cannot <laughs> deny it. an improv. Right. It's you an you improv. It. So. Uh, good That's there it. yeah we good to go good there uh, our guest has been Adam Hines from High Bank Distillery uh, doing amazing things in a short amount of time granted three and a half years in the planning but you know <laughs> hey
1: you're right you, it's probably par for the course the devil
0: is in the details yeah, for sure right for sure um, I want to thank you and your fine selection, the whiskey war, the uh, the whiskey war barrel proof, the midnight cask, these two beauties, which will be popping up again uh, this fall, this fall, yep. will be a nice little added thing. And of course, uh, the stuff that, uh, as they say, when all you guys start these places, the stuff that keeps the lights on and pays the bills, yep. the portfolio the vodka, the gin, and the professor yep. whiskey barrel. By the way, I finally I finally rum. finished
1: the rum. It was good. It was very smooth. I actually yep. want to taste it next to the vodka. Yeah, we'll try, to, we'll try the vodkas. Uh, yeah. Offline, off, off we'll, uh, <laughs> off we'll line, do the rest of it. Because our,
2: the other two are very good as well. So. Yeah. It's the so. uncompromised approach to all of our spirits. Love it. So,
0: And that wraps up another installment. Uh, we love going on the road here on Whiskey Business, and this has been a treat. My name is Dino Tripodis. I hope you enjoyed it. And so, my friends, as we say each and every time, until the next bottle,
1: see ya.